I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got former Seahawks, all-pro linebacker, and three-time pro bowler, Lofa Tatupu. Lofa, has everything going for you? The Seahawks are doing pretty well this year. We, uh, we look good, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, so what, what, what are they right now? Five and five and oh? Five and oh. Five and oh. You think this is going to continue? I know the secondary has been getting beat a lot, but what, what, what's going on with that? Well, we've brought in some good pieces. You know, everybody points to that, right? You give up yards. It's unfortunate. But we got Russ. We're averaging more than 30 a game. It's uh, You're not going to beat us with field goals as, you know, Miami, who moved the ball well on us, but came away with their first 15 points were all field goals. So that's not going to, you know, be enough to beat Russ. you got to put up six to, to have a chance. And as we even saw with Minnesota, the week, week before they went on the bye week, uh, Minnesota, they they dominated for about 58 minutes and they left two minutes on the clock, the ball in Russell Wilson's hand. And you know, when you do that, that is a recipe for disaster. What do you think of this uh, rumored news that they're considering signing Antonio Brown? Uh, well, until it actually happens, it's just, you know, rumors, but to speculate, the guy, I believe he's a Hall of Fame, you know, talent. The numbers don't lie. Um, the only thing I trust Russ's judgment, you know, because Russell has a relationship with him and, and they, they've hung out and they, they played uh, or practiced together. And I know, you know, I trust in Russ like we all do. But um, I wonder if Antonio will be okay uh, getting five to seven targets as opposed to 12 to 15. He was, he's used to seeing. So other than that, I'm absolutely, and that's, this is the Seahawks. They always, they preach competition and, you know, iron sharpens iron. So I'd be happy to add him to that room, you know, with DK and, and the leadership of Russell and, and Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. I think he'll be a good fit because of the plays he can make and the opportunities he can create for everybody else. The only underlying issue is I want to know, is he okay with seeing less targets? And is he going to make sure he stays out of the news aside from football? That's, that's one other thing we get. That, yeah, you're yeah, right. But we're all, so. in the, we're all in a bubble now, right? Or, yeah, you know. hope so. I hope yeah. so. Apparently the Raiders haven't been listening. I don't know if you saw that news earlier. Apparently they sent the whole O-line home yesterday. Apparently they've been photographed. None of them have been wearing masks. They've been hanging out. I'm like, if they don't have their whole O-line this week, I think they're playing on Sunday Night Football against, I want to say the yeah. Chiefs. The Not going to be pretty. Yeah. yeah. So as if, as if Tom Brady needs any help. I mean, that defense. Uh, or Tampa. You're right. Tampa playing Tampa. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No. no. Yeah. So I want to ask you a little bit about your career. So I have a question. So I saw you went to Maine before you went to USC. What made you decide to switch? Well, I didn't really get recruited. At, we'll go to the beginning of it where I didn't get really recruited out of high school. Um, I was a quarterback and a middle linebacker. And <laughs> the only division one schools, there's, you know, like two or three of them that wanted me to play quarterback. And I, I did a quick, you know, uh, look at the NFL. I didn't see any 5'11 quarterbacks back then, but I saw a ton of 5'11 linebackers. That uh, Wynn, Dexter Coakley, uh, Zach Thomas, London Fletcher. There was a ton. Sam Mills. There was a ton of them. Uh, Jesse Tuggle. I could keep going. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and I loved, I was much better on the defensive side of the ball. So I went to Maine. Uh, fast forward, I had a great, year there with uh, with my guys, Maine Black Bears, one that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. And I just felt that I owed it to myself as much work as I put in in the game of football my whole life, just being 
um, zoned in on making it to the NFL. I, uh, I owed it to myself to try to play in a big time college school because I wasn't one of those guys that was going to crush the combine. And, you know, so four years at Maine, I don't think would have been that appealing, no matter how many, you know, sacks, interceptions, tackles, they would have been like, okay, but he, he ran a four, eight. Yeah. So I had to prove that that four, eight didn't matter on the big stage. And that's why I transferred to Southern Cal. Did you say, Hey, by the way, I played quarterback if you need it at for at USA or not? I, I mean, I'm pretty sure only Matt Castle could throw the ball farther than me. <laughs> I wow. could out, I could out throw Liney, but wow. his his touch was incredible in terms of, I mean, he's throwing the balls before guys were coming out of their break, and it was just like next level stuff. Was there any like kind of like was it was it an easy transition knowing USC has such a storied past and you're going from a program like Maine to Southern California? Oh no, it was quite an adjustment, um, you know, because in terms of. I said the biggest adjustment from one double A to division one, because division one double A, there was a, I went against a ton of stars in, uh, at Maine. Uh, Hofstra had some great receivers, uh, Kamal Roy and um, Marcus Colston ended up coming in the next he year. He went to Hofstra? Yes. And then, wow. I didn't know then, that. Uh, Brian Westbrook. You remember that guy? Yeah. From, he went to uh, yeah, Tampa he your, Nova. One of them, he right? Went to Nova. He Nova. Gave, he, he gave your, uh, the Washington. Yeah, team. it's not yeah. fond memories when he comes down I ninety five. I'll tell you that. Even though he's from the DC area, he went to Dematha. He did go to Dematha, didn't? I heard he could hoop too. Yeah. So Dematha, Dematha always has talent. Yeah, it's everybody chase down. They get everybody. Now, yeah. Hey, so, yeah. Josh Williams, Josh Wilson, my my buddy. I yeah, think, for this for the Washington football team. The Terrapins. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was a beast. Yeah. No, honestly, they should sign him now because I can tell you. They, they, they can. Honestly, if you think you can still air the ball out, you'd have a shot at quarterback with the Washington football team because Alex Smith's out there with one leg. Haskins, I think he's back. It's interesting. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm still a believer in Haskins. <laughs> you know, the kid's going to be fine. He'll figure it out. Um, it's an adjustment period coming from college to the NFL, especially, when, you know, in the college, there's a lot – they barely even get in the huddle anymore. They call the plays from the sideline. So that's a, quite an adjustment that a lot of kids, you know, a lot of, they don't understand. Oh, wait, what do you mean I have to get under center? What do you mean? I? It's like, okay, you got to learn a different scheme and everything. Quarterback's the hardest position to play by far, that or cornerback. Um, but I think he'll be all right. The, the one knock I have on Washington that I, I really kind of thought for a while, I've never really heard it really, a lot of people talk about it in national media is Russell Wilson, is from Virginia. He played high school ball in Virginia. Yep. How did the Washington football team not have scouts to know about this kid to draft him? Well, I mean, he is a two-sport athlete. You know, I know college, but... he went to NC State. How, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess, you know, how does he end up at NC State instead of Virginia or, or any of those great schools right there? Yeah. So um, I'm going to say, like everything we've heard about him, largely <laughs> overlooked. To the point where the man can't even get an MVP vote, not one. This year, he'll get it this year. He'll, he'll hopefully. He better get the whole trophy. After, after Rodgers' performance on Sunday, he's going to get the trophy. I think the Rodgers was the only threat to him this year. I don't think Mahomes are not – they love to give it to a new guy. I can't I see. I think Derrick Henry is a very real threat. Really? Everyone's talking about Tannehill. This guy's putting up 200 yards rushing. We'll and great. I know. They also lost Taylor Lewin for the year, so we'll see if Derrick Henry's numbers can keep up. So we'll see. Yeah, he's a great talent. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, so USC, when you're kind of getting adjusted there, what was that whole thing like? 
Yeah, well, luckily, yeah, uh, I had a year to redshirt uh, because of transfer rules. You can't play right away when you transfer across to Division One AA or yeah. up to Division. It keeps okay. people from making that decision, you know, most of the time. But um, so I had a year to to really learn the playbook, learn the the defense, and how I was going to fit into it. And um, I, you know, they actually had me playing Will at first, and then when an injury happened at middle they slid me over in spring ball and that's where I ultimately, uh, I won the job. Wow. Who was the toughest guy for you to match up against while you were at USC when you guys were playing all this top competition? Uh, I mean, I saw it every day in practice, whether it was Mike Williams at wide receiver, <laughs> 6 five, 240 and he could run, uh, Kerry Colbert, you know, great routes and hands. Um, Reggie Bush, Lendale White, Dominique Bird. There was no shortage of talent, and um, and the all the O line was great too. Uh, a couple first round picks from there too. So it's uh, and that was the whole thing was that practice was harder than most of our games. In fact, practice was harder than you know all but one week, I guess, because they ended up winning the game. The only game we lost in the two years that I was lucky to start there or blessed to start there, twenty five and one, we lost to the Cal Bears. Uh, and a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers. He's pretty good. He's, he's, done, he's done okay. He's done okay. So, so I have a question. So when you were there, were you just fo- were you focused on college, or was the NFL? Were you like, all right, like this is the next goal? I mean, it was always the goal. Since I was seven years old, I was telling people I was going to play in the NFL, and you know they were like, yeah, sure, sure you are. But um, you know, it's it was just the next step in in, in the uh, in the line of. My, yeah. my dream, you yeah. know, following well, through with my dream. When did somebody else bring up the NFL to you to make that dream like more of a reality? Uh, well, I left early as a junior when everybody told me I was crazy again. Um, but, you know, a lot of them that don't know, I almost, I considered leaving after my sophomore year, oh, after wow. that, that first year that we won the Rose Bowl. Um, but I'm glad I did stay because ultimately we would win the outright BCS championship and then I could, you know, I worked on my skills a little more. And, um, and then I made the decision to forego my, my junior season. And it was really, it wasn't anybody telling me, it was me knowing, you know, what I was capable of. Um, you know, I was blessed to be in that situation with all those All-Americans on both offense and defense. So without that, I wouldn't have got the recognition or be seen on the national stage. Uh, from there, I looked at the last two years of draft you know, uh, the linebackers that were drafted the two classes before me, how they were doing guys that I was competing against in the pack. And then guys that were out there all across the nation. And, you know, the ones that I felt like I was comparable to comparable to, uh, they were doing pretty well guys that were very instinctive. They were overlooked. No pun intended. If it was height or (laughs) weight or speed, Uh, they were just, uh, they were ball players. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. I know I can. And that's when I made the ultimate decision to uh, enter my name into the draft a year early. Did you know the Seahawks were looking at you? I had no idea. So I'll tell you a funny story. So I go to the combine, again, I had a terrible combine and uh, run a 4.840, you know, uh, just an afterthought. And then all my boys, you know, cause all your buddies, they're going in the draft too. And so they're like, oh, I got, you know, this workout this week, I got to fly to Tampa or I got to fly. And they're like, what about you? I was like, man, my phone hasn't rang in weeks. I haven't had one workout. I, and I'm sitting there thinking like, did I, did I mess up? Did I really, did I think too highly of myself? Which, you know, wouldn't be a surprise, 
But thirds out, they were just holding their cards tight. Um, Cincy, Tampa, and uh, Seattle were – they were all looking – at me they came to the pro day and everything and but i didn't know because i hadn't had any conversations with any of them tampa one time tampa called me and they were like if you if you weigh in at 225 or 228 because i weighed 235 at the combine they said we'll draft you in the second round and i was like if you put that in contract i'll lose the weight right now but everybody <laughs> else is telling me i'm too small so i'm gonna stay at 235 and take my chances with 31 other teams wow it That's worked out. Yeah. So how, how did you find out you were going to Seattle? Well, the draft, you know, had a little draft party with, um, you know, a bunch of family and friends um, in, in Oceanside, California, right there on the beach. And uh, wild story, we, there was no cell reception. Probably should have thought about that before yeah. I, I picked the location. Maybe. So uh, I'm sitting there and my name just pops up on the screen and the place just erupts. I'm talking just you know, beer flying, you know, everybody's throwing stuff, just like, let's go, you know, and I was, I couldn't, I had to like, I was like, wait a minute, is that, is that really my name? And um, so I, I get on the phone and Holmgren's like, hey, are you sure you want to play football? And I was like, what? Of course I do. He's like, well, you know, you would figure for a guy that they say is so smart, you would figure you'd check the cell reception before you throw a party. <laughs> before you throw a party. Uh, and I was like, yeah, a little oversight on my part, but uh it was one of the best days of my life, um, you know, and then getting the call from from Mike Homer, legendary Mike Homer, and telling me, congrats, you're a Seahawk. I mean, it was uh, next to being told, congrats, you're a Trojan. Um, yeah. One of the little moments I'll always uh, really just love. Do you know how many times they tried you before they finally got you on the phone? I don't, but they weren't happy. So <laughs> that's all I remember is um, my agent, he was freaking out too. Fletcher, he was like, he's like, man, I've been trying to ring you for the last like half hour <laughs> because you know they're like, man, we can't get a hold of this guy. And when the pick comes up, uh, you know, I guess if, if they don't, you don't pick somebody, you go down. If the next person, next team come in and just swoop, they can like, hey, wait, we'll take so and so, and it'll go until you know you stop that from happening. But at forty-eight, I know the talks he had with since he was ready to take me at 48. And so he called the Hawks. They traded up two fourth round picks to jump from 50 to 45 uh, to, to get me. And, and at the time, everybody's like, man, I can't believe we just traded two fourth rounders for an undersized and slow linebacker. Is that what all the, the media was saying? Was there anybody saying this is a good pick? Rob Rang. Remember, do you know that name? Never so, heard that name. He was a Hawks. He's a Hawks insider. Um, I don't know. I think he's with ESPN now, but uh, he was the only one that I remember defending me. Um, and he, he said, Hey, you know, mark this down by the end of, or in the first couple of years, that stadium is going to be flooded with 51 jerseys. And I was like, man, you know, what is it? I, I got to make this guy right. <laughs> I got to do it now. Do, do guys that get drafted remember the guys who kind of counted them out early on? Is that kind of like a chip on your shoulder kind of thing or not really? No, because there was a lot. So I kind of only remember the, the one that had my yeah. back. <laughs> so what, what was your experience like getting to like training camp? Did you have a feeling like, all right, I've got to kind of get some adversity to overcome because everybody thinks it was a bad pick? Yeah. Well, I, you know, this is the one thing about me is I've never – no one's ever had greater expectations, you know, 
for me than me. I've always believed in myself um, just because I know how hard I've worked and how much I've wanted it. Um, and, you know, again, I'll always go back to saying how blessed I was to have the coaching I've had, the teammates I've had, and, and being in a great situation. You know, the situation you're in, you make the best of it, but when you have some real weapons around you, my, you know, my D-line, everywhere I went was amazing. Um, the linebackers I played with, just ballers. So um, I've always said that, you know, that success is largely attributed to, to being surrounded by some phenomenal players and coaches. Was there anybody you matched up with your rookie year that you were kind of starstruck by, or you were like, all right, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to hold myself, I can handle myself with this guy. Drew Bledsoe. So when I grew up in Massachusetts and my dad played for the Patriots uh, for 13 years. So, um, you know, that's home. So always had a lot of love and respect for the Pats and, and, and the old, the, you know, the former old school players. Yeah. And uh, Drew Bledsoe was drafted there in 93. Uh, from Washington uh, and I remember going to camp and I still have his card somewhere signed autograph he's got the Cougars jersey on I was just like this is wild get into my first preseason action and behind center is Drew Bledsoe and uh, you know so I got to go up to him after the game and uh, and say hey you know I don't know if you remember but you, you signed a card for me when I was 12 years old and it's just wild that I'm here playing against you him Junior Seau, um, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, yeah. One of my, the reason I'm playing linebacker because I always love watching him play. And then Bill Parcells, after that game when uh, we played the Cowboys in preseason, um, talking to one of my other buddies, and um, he just stops talking. And I'm like, yeah, like like he saw a ghost. I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, uh, someone wants to talk to you. I'll see you later. Just walks off. So I turn around. It's, you know, the two security and, and Bill Parcells. And he's like, hey, I just wanted to say, you know, you're a hell of a ball player. And um, your daddy is one of my all-time favorites, mostly. So Bill coached the Patriots linebackers when my dad was playing. Oh, cool. Uh, and that was like a starstruck moment. That was like, wow, man. Yeah. I can't believe Bill Parcells knows who I am. Yeah. And that's also just, you know, my dad – being my dad, you know, he he never would have like said mentioned anything about it. He's just he's like, Oh yeah, 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 I can coach me. I was like, it's a Hall of Fame coach. So so growing up a Pats fan, but playing for the Seahawks for your whole career when Malcolm Butler intercepted Russ, what was your thought process? Oh man, that was the wildest, that was the wildest thing we've ever seen. Um, and I just hoped for a great game, you know, uh between the two because it's it's you know, your two teams, but uh, would have liked to seen the Hawks get a repeat because it's so rare. I, the only one other team to do it was the Pats, you know, and they've they've, had, they've been blessed with what nine appearances. Yeah. Um, so it was it was uh, it was wild, man. I have, a, I have a question. So your rookie rookie year going to the Pro Bowl, what was that like being at the Pro Bowl when everybody's saying, okay, this guy it's an afterthought, like with, with the draft naysayers? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was an incredible honor. Uh, one that comes with. Uh, great team accomplishments. Uh, so we, we went to the Super Bowl that year, something I'll always, you know, uh, hold dear in my heart. That was, a, that was a, quite the journey uh, coming straight off of, you know, two national titles. Um, but the Pro Bowl, man, it's, that's, do you want to talk starstruck, man? Uh, you know, you're a 22, 20, 23 year old kid and you walk up and there's Zach Thomas, there's Ray Lewis, there's, you know, everybody you've ever looked up to 
and you get to sit there and, and pick their brain and and talk more football because you know they're all football guys there yeah. you know the, everybody that goes there they they love ball and i'm sure all of our wives and significant others probably don't enjoy going well, they, there they, they like they like honolulu though honolulu is pretty that's not better than orlando in my opinion so so, yeah, I wish they would move it back because yeah. it's an experience, and there's a lot of guys that opt out of it because it's so close. It's you yeah. know, it used to be a, a trip for the whole family, right? Yeah, you can go to Disney. But what about the You're good. You're good. It's time for Honolulu. What about those like Florida, those guys from the Florida teams? Like, oh, I'm going. They go there. They go there every weekend. Every weekend, the Jags. What do you think they're doing on Saturdays? Disney. Um, what yeah. else? What else is there to do? Um, so I have a question. Who's the toughest guy for you to tackle in your entire career? Oh God! I mean, I I always come back to you know one of the best running backs I've ever seen, Fred Taylor. And it was uh, speaking of Jacksonville, you just brought them up. Uh, ironic enough, he. I mean, he could do it all. Um, you know, in terms of he could make you miss. He's 6'1", 235, and I mean, I don't know what he clocked, but I never saw anybody catch catch Fred Taylor when he broke, <laughs> you know, broke for a long one. I mean, there are some embarrassing clips of all of us uh, of him just pulling away, like leaving us in the dust. So uh, there were so many greats. Um, my, my former teammate, Marshawn Lynch, uh, MVP, Ladanian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk. I played him at the end of his career. Like he had... I think we only played once or twice and the guy and on a bad knee, the guy was still a nightmare to defend. Um, he was, he was unbelievable. That's why he's in the hall of fame. Yeah. Um, Steven Jackson, edge, edge James. Um, but when I have to think about it all, the one that you really can't game plan for is Fred Taylor. Um, if you see him in the open field, if you break down, he's going to run you over. He knows that you're on your heels and he's going to run you over. And if you, if you're coming too aggressive, he knows when to put the foot in the ground and just it's just going to look bad. You flying by. So it's like, you know, good luck. Keep the leverage as much as you can. You better hope the, the rest of the team rallies to that uh, that tackle. What was it like matching up against Sean Alexander in practice? Again, and see, I didn't even get to mention Sean because <laughs> I only played him in practice. But MVP, 1,880 yards my rookie season. I mean, that guy was unbelievable. Um Sean's vision and, you know, his cutback, his, his shoulders were always square to the line of scrimmage, uh, rarely ever took a, a tackle for a loss. Um, he, uh, he was a beast, man. Uh, that's um, his, his ability in the red zone. I don't think I've seen anybody better. When, when you, you cross that 20-yard line and he, like, smells that end zone, forget about it. I think he's one of the most overlooked MVPs in NFL history. I mean, you know what's crazy? That year – if you count all the snaps that he didn't play because we were, we were beating teams pretty badly, pretty easily. Um, I mean, we reeled off 10 or 11 games straight and in the, in that streak, I want to say he was sitting by halftime in like two or three games. So he, he probably missed a full game and half two games and still got almost 19. He was 20 yards shy of 1900 yards. Wow. I think he's in a DC area now too. I've been trying to, I've been trying to get him to get on the, come on the podcast. I can't give, I'm still working on that, but he's, he's a legend. He, I, and then for, for Marshawn, was Marshawn always that kind of like playful personality or did he, over, over time, but he kind of just, was he, did he kind of open up more? No, that's who he is. He's, 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 he's a real one, man. And he's, he's the man. Um, I got to play against him 
I think it was his rookie year in Buffalo and, and I played against him in Cal. So I was familiar with him and it was always hell going against him. Um, just an absolute, true to the name beast mode. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he could turn it on like that. So um, I mean, just some of the most epic runs in Seahawk history belong to him. Um, yeah. The beast quake, of course. Again, you know, in the playoffs. With that yeah. incredible commentary from that YouTube guy who people forget how amazing that was. The, what, 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 uh, you know what I'm talking about? What, the guy. Uh, what, I know. You, you, wait, you didn't see that YouTube clip of the guy with Marshawn Lynch? He goes, what did he say? Like, get off me. You can't stop. You, you never, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send you it send to you. You've, you've never seen that? It's like the most famous YouTube video of all time. The guy who's reviewing him, and, he, and then uh, Darren goes, Darren Sharper, the hottest hidden safety in the league. No, I haven't seen it because you haven't seen it. Oh my god, are you about the Greg Jennings Madden one? That that was that was, I think it was the same guy, it might have been the same guy. That you got the guy, I don't know why he's not calling Monday Night Football. I don't know. Oh, wow, that electric. That the Greg Jennings video every year you gotta watch it. Anytime it's the annual, he, I love the anniversary. It's it's it, he he scored on a broken leg. It's one of the most incredible plays in NFL history, even though it didn't happen. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's incredible. And then so I have a question. Do you remember where? Do you remember seeing Marshawn when he stole the uh, cart at Cal? They just had the anniversary like three days ago, four <laughs> days ago. Unbelievable. I my hot take about Marshawn. I think he should replace Alex Trebek as the host of Jeopardy. Oh, okay. I think it may be the most electric show on TV. Any, I mean, you just put it, put the camera on him. Yeah. I mean, and everything gets inherently better. Like they, it, that show, maybe it would, it would, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I have a question. So, the uh, Seahawks Super Bowl, the one that they won. What, what was that experience? Were you, were you at the game? I assume. No, I wasn't. I, I was. I had just. I was like just retiring. Like great. Right, right. Was it thirteen? Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was just incredible. And the fashion that they did it, um, you know, just an absolute blowout against one of the, you know, historically best offenses uh, we've ever seen. And so it was oddly reminiscent of uh, when we played Oklahoma uh, as USC. And so it just, it was, uh, it was crazy to watch and, and awesome to watch. And then of course, you know, fellow Trojan taking home the uh, MVP. You know, <laughs> yeah, he he's gonna. It's amazing. Anytime they put they put pop him on, it's the first thing to say. Oh yeah, they got the former Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Smith. He's been all over the league. I don't even know where he is now. Um, I have a question. Did you? Have a, I have a question. Did you? Did you have a feeling when they took Bobby Wagner in the second round, similar to when they took you? Like, all right, this this dude's gonna be a difference maker. I knew athletically, he's one of the most gifted linebackers the NFL will ever see. Uh, six feet, 245 and, and a four, four electronic, like that is hard to come by. Um, but it, it was, I, I didn't get to watch a ton of his film, you know, um, Utah state. And it's, it's kind of been, you know, a, a great place for linebackers yeah. with the guys that have come out. I think vigil, both vigil brothers came out of there. Okay. Um, and then, um, I think Fackrell, uh, Kyle Fackrell, yeah. They put out some backers now. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I have a question. So I, I know you started up your own business, and then I I saw a wild quote. I saw that if you said if the NFL allowed CBD, you could play. What? You think I can't? No. Now, you play for Washington. Washington can take anybody. So. Well, they got they got good linebackers though, right? Um, 
But yeah, if you go ahead and make a call, man. If uh, you, you want me, I'll back. I'll up. get Rivera. I'm telling you, like once. Awesome. Yeah. So, so what? How did you get involved with CBD, and what, what, what do you think people like? It's it, what are the, yeah. the effects for you? Oh, I mean, the effect. You're not supposed. You can't allow to make. Not allowed to make claims, but. Um, when I left the NFL and it's hemp derived CBD. So zone in is that's the logo. That's the zone in CBD. You can find us at zoneincbd.com and learn more about us. Um, but I got in the industry several years ago and, um, I just started hearing more and more about the benefits of the plant and, and what it can do for you. And what it turns out, we have this system comprised in our mind and body and, this system is called the endocannabinoid system, and it transmits signals back and forth, just checking in on how we are mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, however you want to put it. And those signals were disrupted largely by the 10 surgeries and the 15 concussions I've had. Yeah. And, you know, I'm here to say today that this plant has, and, and CBD has put me back together, mind, body, and soul, to a point where I feel superior to the guy that went to those Pro Bowls. Athletically, I'm more in tune with my body than I've ever been. And that's all because of the way it reacts to our, our, our system. I have a question. If, it, if it's been so helpful for you and we see all this stuff and injuries in the NFL all the time, why haven't they strongly considered it more than like, do you say they don't allow it in the NFL? They, I mean, they even just came out the other day because um, another current player, you know, I think he's signed to advocate or be uh, a brand ambassador for another CBD company. And they, they warn players that you can't do that. And, you know, I, I don't know, I don't get it because I think it's, it's part of the stigma. You know, you say hemp and they're yeah. like, Oh, well, that's, that's marijuana. That's cannabis. Yes. It's a cannabis plant, but it's the one with little to no THC. And that's the thing they're worried about is the THC, which I mean, it's, it's wild to, because I was even reading, a recent study and how they're saying it could possibly help uh, treat addiction. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just ironic that what they always claimed was the gateway drug is actually what they're looking to as to being the solution to help get people away from the harmful drugs, the anti-inflammatories, the opiates, everything that, you know, has shown not to be, you know, harmful rather than helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think they think guys will take advantage of it if they don't even need it? Do you think that's maybe in the back of their mind or take advantage? Like, of, I mean, like, like use it just like, just to kind of get well, better, even though they're really overuse it. Or yeah. Yeah. That's a, abuse it. I mean, yeah. if you do, you're just going to get a more restful sleep. So in, in low milligrams, it can actually just help bring about mental clarity. Now, when you get into 40, 50 North of 60, you know, milligrams uh, of CBD, it will just have a sedative effect, meaning, you know, calm. That's why they always say, oh, if you're anxious or you should take it for this. Um, the, the number of stories that hit my phone, that hit my email about, yo, it's doing this for me. It's, it's mind blowing how positive it's reacting with everybody. Um, and so I'm just gonna keep singing its praises. You know, I, I, I love it so much and it's changed and it's done so much for me that I, I sing its praises everywhere I can, anywhere I can. Um, and I'll, I'll continue to be an advocate for it uh, as long as I'm alive, man. It's, it's changed my life. I've never known life to be this good. I mean, good life.
I'm even yeah. repping. Hey, I see it. Repping my boy Collie Buds, you know. But it's like I'm saying, um, it's transcended me into a whole nother level of of thinking, feeling, and being. And I couldn't be more grateful for it. And uh, I urge everybody to you know read about it before you try it. Of course. And, you know, it, it resonates with everybody and it just brings about balance. And that's the key to life, my man. Absolutely. So I, I just want to ask you, so how did you get involved? I know you're one of the co-hosts of the Believe in Seahawks podcast. How did you get involved in that? So a good old college buddy of mine, uh, Bron, who I went to school with at SC, I saw him at Radio Row for the Super Bowl when I was promoting Zone and CBD. Oh, cool. And we, I, did, I did a show with three of his guys that were down there um, promoting their show. And we just hit it off and he said, Hey, you know, you, you might have a career in this. And I was like, career, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm just here to sing my love for CBD. And he's like, no, but you love football. And he's like, what if you could do both? And I was like, uh, sign me up, man. I'll do that for free. Like, and he's like, well, you know, hopefully we'll get you some sponsors, but um, he, he just, he gave me the opportunity. So I teamed up with Brett Davern and Katie LeClaire and it's been awesome. I get to talk football. I get to talk CBD. And um, it's it's not a job, man. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just got one last question for you. What's your prediction for the Seahawks at the end of the season? How, is, are they the team to beat in the NFL right now? It looks like it to me. Um, you know, the so far, you know, we've – I know you look at the schedule, but, you know, Miami, they just took it to the Niners. Our division's the hardest. Yeah, it's the best division. All teams have a winning record, I believe. Even yeah. the Niners at the bottom of three and three, so it's not not losing. But um, we have the toughest division. We're going to get a good test coming up here this week in, in Arizona with Kyler Murray and that that offense, man. They're yeah. impressive. Um, but I'm actually more impressed with what their defense has been doing lately. Um, Even though they're not using the kid from Clemson, they're not, they're not uh, Simmons. I think they're going to start to when you lose an MVP. I've always had the utmost respect for Chandler Jones. He's a beast. Um, Right? Yeah. I mean, I think he's over 100 sacks already. Probably the most athletic family of all time. Just a family of champions. <laughs> if you want to go there, two two world champion football players, and then um, you know you got the baddest man in, in the in the world, <laughs> Johnny Bones, man, yeah. a world champion. So it's uh, I mean, that's incredible, and I can't believe that doesn't get highlighted more when they talk about you know athletic families, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really feel this is shaping up to be the Seahawks here, more so for reasons other than a great roster and everything. Um, their ability to handle adversity, and it stems from the top, you know, Pete and John, uh, the way they put this, you know, brick by brick and put these pieces, this puzzle together. Um, it's really gelling quite well. And their ability to overcome any obstacle, you, you saw it, you saw it's been on display against the Patriots, you know, the last second win at the one yard line yep. against, um, you know, Miami hanging tough. And then, you know, putting some points up Minnesota, they shot to a HBO special where Russ put his helmet on before he, like, as he watched the fourth down play, he said, all right, let's go win this game. And he just dapped up all his guys. And I've seen Russ do it time and time again. And even the, the Vikings, man, you know, they unfortunately knew they were like, man, um, we probably should have kicked the field goal. Because when we did go down and score, yeah. we didn't two point conversion. Yeah, and that is what they need. You know, those are two big plays you need. You know, on top of the four downs we overcame, yeah. but it's just it's that belief is in this team, 
And we've never gotten off to this, this fast of a start. No. Usually we hit our stride around game eight to, to 12. Yeah. We start, Russ starts cooking. The offense is gelling. Well, that's happening a lot earlier. So it's going to be scary down the road. You know, I'm just, that's my, my bold prediction. They're going to, they're going to be beating teams pretty easily in a few weeks. Now, when he threw that needle to Metcalf, I've probably jumped out of my skin more than any other play I've seen this year. I'm like, that's, that, that, I think right now that's a, the play of the year. Is, is I mean, a, and that's no easy catch too. No. I didn't think he was, gonna, I didn't think he was going to catch it. I, I didn't think he caught it. Like I was like, oh, that, there's no way he caught that when he rolled over. I was like, it had to have hit the ground. And man, how about that guy? Uh, I'm sure a lot of teams upset that they passed on him twice. I don't know how. I'm, t- I'm the team. So for for like, uh, what do you call it? The Titans getting AJ Brown. I understand. Niners getting a uh, kid from uh, South Carolina. I understand. For mm-hmm. Philly grabbing what the hell's the kid's name with the uh, the kid with the hyphenated name from Spain. The kid. From, what do you go? Stanford. Diego Whiteside. Him. What the hell are you taking him over Metcalf for? I'm not the GM. I'm not making decisions. But I'm sure now they're probably thinking maybe we messed up. But yeah, he's Metcalf is un, he's unreal. He's unbelievable. And another gem the Seahawks have gotten outside the first round, which I think they've done more than any other team in the probably past 20 years. And yeah, well, and you know, just the way they've approached the draft is, you know, what I believe is they say, hey, if this kid can't help us win now, we're going to trade back, which they historically done many times, trade out of the first round. So then you're also protecting yourself salary cap wise for yep. the future, right? You're not dealing with you know, a big option on a, a, a one more year on a, a first rounder that hopefully panned out. But if he didn't, it's like, man, you know, that's, that's a big option that we have to pick up. So, um, you know, they've, they've approached it and they've tried to keep as many. I know they wanted to keep Frank Clark, man, that kid, uh, he came up in the system and I'm happy for him. Uh, not only got paid, but he also got a ring and he's doing phenomenal things over there in Kansas city, but they found these guys that for whatever reason, they're underappreciated or undervalued by many other teams. Um, and, and they also, they know when to get them. Yeah. They know, they know the value that other people have placed on their position, um, skill set, and everything. And it's, it's incredible. I was able to sit there and coach in 2015 and 16 and watch it. And it was just, I never thought we were going to get Jaron Reed in the second round. I was like, yo, he's gone. As soon as we traded that pick, I was like, yo, he's gone. And I was like sad. I was like, he's gone. And next day, scooped him right away. I was like, unbelievable. Do you, do you think they made a mistake not re, uh, re-signing Clowney? Uh, I don't know. Five and oh, you know. The, def- the, def- the defense. That, that, I mean. it's Yeah. We, we don't have one guy that, you know, the team has to game plan for every week or else he'll get. He'll, he'll pressure the quarterback five, six times and get a sack or two. We don't have that guy. And a lot of us, you know, he got a lot of flack for not showing up in the stat sheet, but he was double teamed almost like 80% of the time last year. And, uh, and it just, it takes a lot of pressure off yeah. our other stars. So uh, it's tough, but we did, we went out and we got a guy that puts up seven sacks from the safety position, Jamal Adams. Has he even played yet? I'm pretty sure he, it- he, he played the first, Two and a half games. He got hurt in the third game. Um, pulled his groin. Yeah. Um, we have the bye week. Hopefully he comes back this week. But if not, man, you know, we need that guy for the long haul. Just let him rest up. Yeah. He, we sent him on a bunch of pressures. He's had two sacks already and a bunch of other pressures. Um, him and Bobby, 
two of the best or most effective blitzers I've seen coming from the second level. So yeah. it's it's going to take a team effort to to get to generate those sacks yeah. and that pressure. But we have the guys you know capable of doing that. Benson Mayow has done a phenomenal job. Uh, I was really excited for Bruce Irvin. It's unfortunate you know he got hurt early yeah. this season because um, he's just he's a great great guy and super versatile uh, athlete. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited about Dem- Demarius Randall. I don't know why that I guy. I forgot they got him. I forgot they got him. Yeah, Best Oakland player. let him go. Yeah. Or no, up to Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Yeah. Now, now, so the, he, yeah. I mean, he guy averaged like three interceptions, four interceptions for his career. Yeah. Why is that guy not? And he's played both. He's got value at corner and safety. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad we took the flyer on that yeah. one. No, with, with Clowney, I remember I was watching the film of the game against the Packers on that crucial third down conversion against Jimmy Graham when he stayed in pass coverage and trying to instead of trying to get Rodgers, and then Graham got the, the conversion, even though I don't think he got the first down last and year. Maybe that God. played it. Yeah, so I don't know. But, yeah, but this has been a ton of fun. How can uh, I really appreciate you taking time. How can people find you on social media and keep up with you? Uh, I don't even know what my handle is. Instagram, Lopa underscore. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you know. I'll it. tag it. I'll put it in. I'll, I'll find it. But yeah, but I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, tag me and then, uh, yeah, I'll repost it, bro. Cool, cool, cool. Appreciate it, man. We appreciate you taking time. I'm going to send you that Marshawn video. I can't believe you've never seen it, but appreciate you taking yeah. time. It's been a lot of fun, man. And I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. See how far you guys can go this season. All right, brother. Take care. Stay blessed.